What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, I'm back, uh, joined by Daniel McDonald. It is Tuesday, 9th of August 2022. This is episode 222, appropriately enough. Damon, so glad to be back. Ah, oh, there's that sweet voice. We missed it. We missed it so much. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that you're... Uh, well, I've seen all the videos and all the postings. Uh, keeping abreast of your travels. And uh, I'm just happy you're back and safe and everybody was good and everybody looked like they had a great time. I know you miss me a lot. Yes. And it was, I'm delighted to be back, but it was also nice to take a break and recharge my batteries. And I'm really excited to talk to you about G1 Climax this week. But uh, before we do that, just a few comments and questions here. It's just tip of the iceberg, actually, because I've had these coming in constantly over the past month. Uh, Let's... Okay, Bash says, just want to give a shout out to Uncle Damon for the stellar work he did while you were away. Multiverse A said, Damon, your interviews were top notch. Welky on the Discord says, no question, just a thing to tell Damon. His interviews were awesome. Really well done. I liked all of them. I'm in the middle of the last one right now and I enjoyed how varied they were. And one more thing, Damon is an amazing interviewer. And Mm -hmm. I think we should all be throwing flowers at you for the outstanding work that you did over the last month interviewing. Uh, and thanks also to our wonderful guests as well. We had uh, the likes of uh, the amazing Booze Leprechaun and Chris Samsa, Karen Peterson, Robbie Eagles, Hanare, just tremendous stuff. And you arguably, David, were the star of the show. Just what a tremendous interviewing chops you got there. Uh, just really very listening because, you know, there's, there's tons of people out there talking about the fucking G1 matches. Oh, you know, Chase Owens versus Tamatonga. Two and three quarter stars. But I think, exactly, right? You were offering something different, and uh, I just enjoyed the hell out of them. So I doff my cap to you, David. Good, great stuff. I appreciate that. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, yeah, it's weird. I um, I got a couple text messages as well, and people were, were happy with them, and, and that makes me feel good. That's for sure. Um you know, I kind of, and you're right, Joel. I just kind of wanted, I didn't want to do like a, just a match by match run. Da- like, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I, I think people tune in for that here with us and, and, and I would agree and we will deliver that. That's for sure. But I just thought when you were away, it would be, I don't know. I just think people would be more interested. And uh, I, I, here's the thing about those two. I really didn't want a list of questions to read off. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to have a conversation with people, which is a little bit risky because 
what if you have somebody on the other end that's not that conversational? And I, and on some, um, on a lot of them, I, I didn't know. <laughs> like, like we just kind of just said, okay, we're gonna hit record. Um, but you know what? All of our guests were so fucking. After everyone, I was like, oh, that was great. Oh, that was great. I hope that turned out as well as I think it turned out. Um, so yeah, it was, but I, I went into it. I would have like two or three questions written down and that's it because I just wanted to have the conversation go where the conversation went. And I didn't care if we talked about pro wrestling. I didn't care if we talked about chess. I didn't care if we talked about food. I didn't care if we talked about whatever, 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 wherever it took us. Um, and I thought everybody was so interesting and everybody had a story to tell and, I don't know. I kind of, I, I liked doing it. I did like doing it. It was nerve wracking though. I, I'm not going to lie, especially the Robbie Eagles one, because <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I overslept <laughs> and Joel's pounding my phone. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> He's waiting. Uh, but everybody was very nice and very cool, but I appreciate that's good. That's good. I mean, look, people have been like, um, would you do, you should do more of these, blah, 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 blah. And I don't, I mean, I like doing the show with you, you know, that, that I, I like doing that. They were like, well, why don't you do a Patreon? And I'm like, I don't know, we'll see. But, I mean, if people really like it and really want it and want to give me money, then, you know, what are you going to do, Joel, right? <laughs> let's, let's fucking do it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. May, may, I'll give you, how about this? Whereas before I was like, definitely no fucking way. I'll give, I'll give you definitely maybe. How about that? We'd have to be charging big bucks for that, though. Fifty dollars. How many? Fifty dollars. Fifty. Lock those behind the paywall. Yeah, no they're really good. Pay fifty dollars for that. No, the, Joel, those are not fifty dollars shows. Please, <laughs> they're not. I would feel terrible taking fifty dollars from anyone. Uh, but maybe you know, I don't know, five dollar, ten dollar. You think people would do that? I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Um, but I'm so thrilled to have you back. Uh, even though we had some wonderful guests and some exciting times. Joel being back in the driver's seat feels right. Feels good. Feels good. Um, all right, so let's get some. Uh, let's get the UK talk out of the way here. What was the best moment of the UK trip? Yeah, I have a few questions actually from oh. the listeners about this as well. Cactus Max says, "What were your impressions of England? Having been away for a few years, Daryl says, what's changed the most about the UK since you last visited?'" Joel, so uh, best moments. Well. It's hard to single out one. Maybe the, the first full English breakfast coming back. <laughs> put on about like 20 pounds. And just, <laughs> yeah. you know, people say a lot of bad things about English food. Uh, probably rightly so. So I thought I'd better check for myself by eating every single English dish <laughs> there is. <laughs> you know, I've just been dropping away through, you know, English breakfast, cream teas, fish and chips, plowman's lunches, shepherd's pies, just everything there is. Because I was staying most of the time with my parents down in Devon and Obviously, there is not the the wide assortment of uh, international cuisine that I'm used to in Bangkok. So uh, a lot of English food there. And yeah, that, that was good. But just being able to spend time with the family and seeing my parents, particularly my dad, get to spend time with my kids because uh, yeah. his grand, grandfather was a big part of his life and he really wants to be a big part of my children's life and just getting to see him spending time with Arthur and Esther was really wonderful. We went out into the you know countryside, into Dartmoor and just zoos and farms and miniature pony farms. We went to a model village, which was tremendous fun. So uh, I would say maybe the, the family time was special. And in terms of 
my impressions mm. of the UK. Well, I we, we had a week in London afterwards as well. So I had a really good time in Devon. I'm actually sort of considering the possibility of moving there. London, on the other hand, Ooh. you know, that's, that's that has been my home for a long time. I was born there, grew up there, but it's a terrible place, Damon. It's really, it's really awful. Just aside from the fact that you're just hemorrhaging oh, money as really? soon as you, you step out of the door. Uh, it's just, it's crowded, it's yes. noisy, it's, it just feels like everyone is out for themselves, just like one big free-for-all where people are just going to stab you in the back to survive, which is understandable given the, you know, cost of living and various other situations out there. But yeah. um, I would, I don't think I would ever go back to living in London. But uh, aside from that, I had a, a really wonderful time. Um, wow. People have got a lot of questions about crisps. I could I could talk about crisps for a bit as well. Uh, let's have a look here. Back let's go. Come on. Uh, did you enjoy while you are in England? The co-op range is pretty fire, even though the salted crisps aren't that salted. The other two are great yet. So a lot of people recommended that the co-op, uh, it's like a fancy version of salt and vinegar. It was like Chardonnay, wine, vinegar, and sea salt. You know, when they Ooh. sort of try to jazz it up with Ooh. lots of adjectives. Uh, basically, fancy salt and vinegar. They were really good. Uh, I had some Burt's crisps that were uh, Reaper and lime flavor, which not not too spicy. I think, you know, anyone Ooh. who uh, is keen to the odd uh, piquant crisp might enjoy those. Uh, they were very good. And uh, Dan from our Discord, Spear Tip, pointed me in the direction of the this brand called Saver Smiths. So I ordered some of their salt and vinegar, and they were very good as well. So those are some I, I enjoyed. I mean, actually, I'm going to be honest here. Um, the the most my, my favourite snacks when I'm in the UK, particularly London, I get from Chinatown. There's this supermarket called New Loon Moon, and it's the Filipino snacks that I am very very keen on. They do like these pork rinds, and they do them in all different flavours. Like uh, oh. the, the best one is like a garlic vinegar flavour, so it's a little bit spicy, a little bit of that garlic fragrance, and very very sour. So I've been uh, munching my way through a lot of those. I, I stuffed my suitcase full of uh, like four huge bags of those. Uh, I was eating some last night, actually, and now my, my mouth is like kind of tingly from them. And they also do these uh, these Filipino corn nuts, which are really good, like adobo flavor and, and grilled chicken flavor. So, yeah, Filipino snacks, if you haven't checked them out and you have access to Asian shops, Asian supermarkets, I would recommend everyone has a go at those. So uh, those are my crisp reviews. How, how, how many did you bring back? Yes. How many did you bring back? We want to know. Like, how big was the bag? Uh, and how much of that was filled with uh, returning crisps? Uh, I would say about a quarter of my returning luggage was snacks. Not just crisps. I bought some. I bought back some two jars of pickled, uh, pickled uh, gherkins and pickled onions with Carolina Reapers in them. So like spicy. I think they're called Psycho Pickles. You can get them off Amazon mm. anyone in the UK. They're really good. Uh, and a lot of chocolate as well, but I regret that because I thought I'd like chocolate more than I actually do. I think they changed the recipe for Cadbury's chocolate because it just tastes like shit now. So <laughs> really? I've got a load of chocolate in my fridge that I don't want. So I might oh. take that to work and be like, hey, everyone, here's some free chocolate. And everyone will go, yay. But uh, listeners of the podcast will know I actually don't want it. So uh, there you go. There's the, I, I, Cadbury's chocolate, not what it used to be, David. Hmm. That's disappointing. I, used to, I, I I get a kick out of that. That's good. What do you think the kids enjoyed most? I mean, obviously you're seeing uh, uh, the grandparents and and all that, but like, do you, do you like? Did they like uh, the zoo? The I saw the little tiny village that they were all in. Uh, what did they like the most? 
Uh, Arthur enjoyed toasted crumpets. Have you ever had a crumpet, Damon? Yes. So this was his first time trying crumpets, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's just a bit like a sort of thick pancake. So my mum gave him a, a, a toasted crumpet with some butter on it, and that just blew his mind. <laughs> it was like his life had just begun. So he was munching <laughs> his way through those. So just feeding him different versions of carbs with butter on the garlic bread he had for the first time. He loved that. So, yeah, the food for Arthur. Um, Esther, she absolutely loved the Natural History Museum in London. Don't know if you've been, but just that she just could not stop talking about that. Oh. The, there's a, a giant animatronic Tyrannosaurus Rex there. There's a, a giant <laughs> animatronic scorpion, which I thought she'd be scared of those two, but she wasn't. You're just going up to the scorpion. Hello, scorpion. What's your name, scorpion? Bye-bye, scorpion. Uh, there's a, a massive blue whale there that she really liked. So she just liked all the sort of giant animal statues and models and stuff there. So that was her highlight for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think, like I said, I was kind of living a little bit through uh, your your travels and seeing the kids and the excitement and all that. I, I it, it warmed my heart. I'm not going to lie, Joel. It warmed my heart. So I'm just happy to have you back. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. A month, though. Wow. Was it weird coming back? Were you just like, wow, okay. <laughs> this yeah. Is life again. It was. And also the flights. I mean, anyone who's flown with young children before, it is a challenge. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But the, the trickiest part is uh, when Esther needs to do a poo, she likes to walk off. She needs some distance because she obviously finds it. I don't know. She, she wants her privacy when she's uh, dropping the kids off at the pool. Uh, sure. which obviously, in a small air, airplane, you don't really have the luxury of doing that. And she's not reached a stage yet where she's comfortable telling us before she needs a shit. She'll tell us afterwards. She'll come to me, you know, uh, Esther Poopoo. I mean, okay, cool. Wish you told me before, but fine. Uh, but obviously on an airplane, it's, she, she, there's not really that many places you can go. So when she's like sitting in her chair, and there's Esther, get down, Esther, get down. Okay, let her get down. And she's just sort of walking around, wanders off, sort of fucking about with the, the toilet doors, just playing with stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, she's definitely having a poo. And then she went, into so this is Qatar Airways. She walked off into the first class, the, the business class area, to do her poo. <laughs> so she's walking around, okay, you know, good. with these, you know, these massively rich patrons with, you know, trying to enjoy their champagne and their luxury area. There's this little two-year-old with a nappy full of shit walking around everywhere. And the, the flight attendant bring up, excuse me, is this your oh. daughter? I think she may have soiled herself. I was like, yes. That's my girl. What what a great anti capitalist statement from there. So I was very very proud of her. <laughs> oh Lord, oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I, they they seem to do pretty good though. You know what I mean? Like that's a long flight. That's a lot to ask of little kids. It's a lot to ask. So I think they came, they came up, uh, out with flying colors. Excellent, excellent work by everyone. I appreciate. Uh, again, I appreciate everyone hopping on. But uh, it's time to get down to business. We are we are back, better than ever. Refreshed, you're refreshed. I'm not. I'm not refreshed. <laughs> but I'll t- listen. I'll take my month around Christmas time. How about that? <laughs> how about that? For sure, I owe you. So you you can bank that, Damon. Anytime you need a month off, you say the words. My interviews will be much more shit right. compared to yours. But I'll try my best. We'll work something out. Nah. I don't- all right, what we got? Where where do you want to go first? You're this is this is the first time back in the seat. I know it might be a little bit uncomfortable, but uh, it should fit like a glove. So you tell me where we want to go. 
couple of news items I would like to discuss with you. First of all, was the announcement of historic, I believe you, you say this crossover, X-over, historic crossover, which will be Sunday, November 20th at the Tokyo Ariake Arena. I believe the capacity is going to be about 15k there. So that is going to be the uh, crossover event with New Japan and Stardom. So the first time they've done one of these. Uh, Ad Dojo writes in on Twitter says, how high or wealthy must you be to pay $700, $1,000 or $15? hundred dollars to sit in the first three rows of historic crossover event with New Japan and Stardom. I mean, they, they certainly know their audience there. Uh, what, what do you think of this announcement of this historic crossover event? I mean, I, yes, I guess, I, I, I guess it is historic. Yes. It doesn't feel that historic, but I guess it is. Um, I mean, it's about time. You know, what was going to happen, right? It was just a matter of time. Um, those I didn't know those ticket prices though. Over the, that's that's just preposterous. Like I, I'm I'm really racking my brain. Will I pay a thousand dollars to sit anywhere for any pro wrestling show? <sighs> Probably not. <laughs> I gotta be honest with a thousand dollars. You said uh, fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. Yep. So those are the the premium oh. seats if you want to be ringside there. And here's the thing too. You know ringside. Uh, Unless you're like like Cork and Hall, like ringside's really not that you're still a distance away. I mean, there's nothing in front of you except like photographers and ring crew, you know, uh, camera crews and all that shit. But you're still a little bit. I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't know. But hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you how you spend the money. Um, but right, it was just a matter of time, right, Joel? It was just a matter of time at this point. Yes, uh, I'm just a. Slightly annoyed that uh, that means Alan Cheapshot on Twitter has finally got his wish. <laughs> that tweet he was firing off every single summer saying uh, he's laughable that New Japan don't have their uh, women's division because they're going to have a belt now, aren't they? Yeah. The, uh, was it the IWGP women's title that I think will only be de- defended at New Japan shows? But yeah, I mean, great to get a bit of promotion, a bit of crossover, hopefully get some new eyeballs on the product. And who knows, this could become the uh, super stardom cast in the future if it turns out to be a good show. Um, All right, second piece of news I want to pick your brains on is one Carl Fredericks, who is parting ways with New Japan. Things have gone sour. Um, Presumably, it all went south after he was not announced for the Grade 1 Climax, because as we know, he fired off a lot of salty tweets and then things just got worse from there. What are your feelings on the departure of the lone wolf, Carl Fredericks. It sucks, right? I, I can't. I mean, it's I, I. I just such a missed opportunity. I don't know where the fuck we went wrong. I don't know. I don't know who, who dropped the ball or what. You know, I'm. Sh- I'm sure there were things going on that we are not privy to. But it's just, you know, it kind of felt. It, the way it played out was a lot of what we were talking about of like, you know, we would say it all the time. It'd be great if Carl got a nice win. It would be great if well, he hasn't been on TV in three weeks or he he's just there's no momentum coming off that young Lions tournament or, you know, you, there's just a lot of things where it was just like, OK, well, when when are we when are we moving forward here? Um, I mean, if he goes somewhere else. That's some that's somewhere else's plus in my mind. I mean, I've never heard a bad thing about him. 
Like I, I, I've never heard anything where he's difficult to work with. Or so, you know, if he lands on his feet and he still wants to do the pro wrestling, I can't imagine promotions kind of hand waving it. I don't. I don't. Why would you? But I just. I think. I think, unfortunately, from what it sounds like, and things can change in a heartbeat. But from what it sounds like, he really. Uh, he lost his taste for pro wrestling, right? Or, you know, if you want to put it this way, a better taste in his mouth for pro wrestling, or at least with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's look, I'm not going to sit here and cry, uh, you know, that Carl Fredericks is, isn't going to be around anymore, but I think it's a big loss. I really do. Because I think everybody was kind of expecting big things and it just never materialized. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be hand-waving this. I th- agree with you. I think it's really sad because he seemed like a nailed-on, you know, superstar. We're all looking at this guy thinking he's got everything. He has got all the tools. He's got the look. He, he seems to have the charisma. His wrestling's good. Uh, the company keen on him. Like Him winning that Young Lion tournament, which featured some top names, you know, guys like Shota Umino, Yuya Uemura, um, all the other the, the guys in his cohort, the LA Dojo, they pick him to win that. And not for nothing, you know, the, the company were very keen on him. But obviously the pandemic and injuries uh, derailed his progress. Uh, he obviously felt that he was uh, deserved to be in the grade one climax this year. And maybe he felt that the stuff he was doing on Strong with the factoring QT Marshall was not what he was expecting and not what he, he felt he deserved. So I can understand that. And, um, uh, you know, I hope he's able to go and be a success somewhere else. But yeah, this, this is a loss. It's a loss for New Japan. Um, but here's the thing, like when we look at these blue chip prospects and these young lines, it's impossible to predict which ones are going to be a success. Like I'm right. very gun shy about saying, oh yeah, this is, you know, this, this guy's a nailed on future IWGP champion because of all these variables. And also sometimes it's a, a question of character. Sometimes you don't know which people are going to keep their mouth shut and do that grind, whether or not, you know, they should be doing that, whether or not New Japan are right to wait so long to pull the trigger on guys. But, you know, you look at guys like Hinari and Finley, who has taken them, you know, six, seven years to get in the grade one climax. And they must have had disappointments along the way. There must have been tournaments where they were hoping to be in it and weren't. But, you know, they didn't go on Twitter complaining about it. I, I just think that that's the one big misstep. Sure, if he was angry and disappointed about that, that's cool. He's entitled to be. Uh, but maybe... Don't put that on Twitter. And, you know, if you still want to quit the company, fine. I just I just don't think that's necessarily the most productive way about uh, airing your grievances. So, yeah, just a, just a big loss all round. You know, I don't think he was... He's not a, a guy that I thought was going to be putting on, you know, seven-star classics anytime soon. But I think there was a lot of upside there. So, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, very sad. It is a that. shame. But here's the thing, too, though. Like, when we started talking about, you know, things opening up and things coming back to some quote normal um there's only so many spots right there's only so many spots so you know this this is the result of that like you have arguably one of the most talented rosters already on paper um you know in the business and there's once again there's only so many spots um this is this is this is what happens when you know People start coming back, and all those names that we talked about that weren't coming back, they're back now, and and 
And unfortunately, people get pushed down in the pecking order. It's just the that's just the way it is. And and we all knew that was going to happen. I think I think though, I, I'm I'm just a little shocked that it's him. You know, I, I of of all the people, I'm shocked it was him. And look, you know what? You know, I remember Finley and um, who who else was doing it? That they had the the the, the what is it, it's like the the mini. G1 climax or the you know whatever you know how they were just kind of like fighting for the, yeah yes 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 so I mean while you know it was all tongue in cheek and ha 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 you know I'm sure there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of seriousness to those that joking around but G1 it always seems to disappoint I thought it was pretty funny I don't know if you heard the the, the all the Hanare uh, interview um not to give that a little plug the um. One of the interesting things that when he was saying was like he was just backstage and they announced his name in G one. He was like, "Oh, I guess I'm in G one." <laughs> like the fact that like it's just such a, I don't know. Like I, I, I would, I don't know. Just for some reason, I picture them having like at least two months advance notice. Don't you think that would would be the case? Like, okay, you're going to be in G one. Get you get yourself ready. No, they just when they do the announcements, he's just like, "Oh, I heard my name. I guess I'm in it." He's like, oh, fuck, I'm supposed to be going on holiday then. He's like, funny about the travel agents. Right, right. Love, honey, cancel the plans. I got to be in fucking G1. What's that? Oh, God. I'll be away for a month. Yeah. I just found that to be hilarious. Like, I knew that they, uh, when they get to the, you know, they don't know who's winning and who's losing nine times out of ten until they get to the arena. Um, But, yeah, I, I just found that to be, like, just the fact that, he didn't even know until everyone else did was both in, in, in both. It was both. It's both hilarious. And I got to be honest with you, kind of like, oh, that's how it's still being <laughs> like things really haven't changed that much in pro wrestling. Has it? Oh, Lord. I will add this, though. Whenever someone this might be an unkind phrase, but I'm gonna say it, drops a ball, there will be someone else to pick it up. Yes. So if someone you know, quits the company or is injured or gets sick or whatever, loses their spot for whatever reason, there will always be a hungry guy waiting in the wings to pick up that ball and run with it. Whether, you know, that's a guy like a, a Clark Connors taking a spot on Forbidden Door or, you know, the, the DKC getting a call up to go on tour in Japan or, you know, guys like Royce Isaacs or Badu Tito uh, getting their shot to go on tour. There's always going to be someone waiting to take the opportunity and make the most of it. So, um, those that that will be, I say, the, the silver lining to situations like this. Absolutely, and that is the truth. I mean, again, everybody likes to go kumbaya with uh, all the love and the locker room is so you know. It's, it's these are pro wrestlers, man, and I'm not saying anybody's sitting there wishing somebody gets hurt. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is that pff, they're just like you said, they're right there, ready for the opportunity. Like you know, it, they're they want a spot they want that spot they want the spotlight i'll say i'll find another way to squeeze in spot if you don't mind <laughs> um but that but you're right but that's exactly because that just means more money in their pocket and more money for their family so that's pro wrestling yep one final question on this psychosis says is the la dojo ultimately a failure after the first class of young mm-hmm. lines we have the dkc and kevin knight but who's after them no it's not a, it's not because at the end of the day it strong has become. I don't even think of what it, what it was intended for. Um, I mean, 
for a long stretch of time, Strong was the best thing going in New Japan. Um, and, you know, I don't... I, I think it's I think it's tough to say. I, I don't I don't think it's been a failure. Um, but in the same breath, okay, we got an android and we got a, you know, I don't know what's Clark Connors gimmick. I don't cowboy. What is it? Um, I don't know. That's I mean I think the jury's still out though. I think there's still a little bit of time on that. But okay, I, I see their point. Yeah, from that original class of four, we lost Buddy Garcia, who everyone's forgotten, but he, he was there. Right. He was in all the documentaries. And Carl Frederick. So that's two out of the four gone. Uh, so, And, you know, you also you look at the Japanese classes, losing the likes of Katsuyo Kitamura and Tetsuhiro Yagi and the likes of that. So, yeah, it's not a guarantee. When you see these guys pop up in the dojo, actually making it to the main roster and getting through the training and the excursion and being part of the the main roster is not a given. No. So even if they look like they got all the tools in, in the in the toolkit to succeed, you never quite know who it's going to pan out for. So uh, I suppose that is part of the intrigue of following uh, the old New Japan Pro Wrestling. But let's change direction then and talk about the Grade One climax. Mm. I think we picked a, a really interesting time to dip into it there because I would say up until the weekend shows in Osaka, it was. A pretty good tournament, but there wasn't really anything must-see. There wasn't really much buzz about it. But now I think things are starting to come together. And we've got a couple of matches here that casuals are starting to talk about. We've got a bit of buzz. We've got a bit of heat for this statement. Uh, how are you enjoying the Grade 1 Climax so far? It's been good. Um, I can't say that there's a huge fire that's lit under me every morning, um, at least until this point. Usually this time of year, I would get lots of, you got to see this match. Did you see this match yet? Did you, you know, have you watched this yet? Not that much, not that much. Um, and when I do watch, it's not like I feel like I'm, it was a waste of time or it was, um, bad. Everything's been good. Some stuff has been really fucking good. I don't know if we've seen that. Mm, that match where everyone is putting it in, in their notebook and waiting for the Super JKS awards to to uh, put in their nomination for this match. And I just, I don't think, I don't know if we have that yet. Um, the good news is, is you are right in the sense of, I think we're going to see a lot of that in the next couple of days. I just think it's taken a little bit to kind of get going, to be honest. There have been surprises. There's been stuff that's been really fun. But again, I don't know if, if I've gotten that epic G1 match yet. That's always going to be in our in our match of the year talk. I don't know if I had that yet. Well, let's dip into the blocks then. So rather than going match by match, I think we'll just have a quick conversation. Well, not quick. A detailed, in-depth, analytical conversation about each of the blocks right. and our thoughts on the uh, entrance there. So starting with A block then, which I think is a block that a lot of people are talking about right now. So top of the block, we have Jonah on six points. So that match he had at the weekend with Okada, that was special for me. That was a really memorable moment. And the match itself, you know, it was it was pure pro wrestling. It felt something like 
from, from the territory days, you know, your classic big man versus uh, slightly less big man <laughs> match. I'm not going to call Okada a little man. I feel that would be disingenuous, but just so simple. Like in terms of the actual moves and the structure of the match, nothing special, but Okada just being the, the fucking pro wrestling genius that he is, mate, just sells every single move, just, you know, every single slam and strike is an absolute struggle for survival, the way he sells it with his, you know, his facial expressions, his, his body language, and just makes it seem like he is fighting for his life against this giant. And, and of course, that moment at the end with the, the drop kick counting into the power bomb, the Black Forest bomb, and then that torpedo, when Jonah starts going for the top rope and the Osaka crowd, God bless them, what a crowd, just clap crowd be damned, yep. just losing their minds. At seeing, you know, just the context here, 24 hours prior, seeing Shingo and Will Ospreay doing some like mind bending matrix shit. But now they're losing their minds for seeing uh, a big fat guy <laughs> doing a splash off the top rope. Just like the, the shock and just uh, amazement from this crowd, that noise. I, I rewatched that about 20 times with the, the sound up because I thought it was a tremendous moment. And, you know, yeah, people have been, I think, quite critical of Jonah. Um, people are quite doubtful about how he's going to do in New Japan, questions about his conditioning, his cardio, and saying, oh, you know, we haven't seen, and, and I would agree, you know, up to this point, we haven't seen any great Jonah matches. I haven't seen, really seen any evidence that uh, he was going to be a good fit in New Japan. But I, I would say along, let's give him time. Let's wait and see till he gets this Okada match out of the way and see what we've got with him. And now I think we do have something. We got, because he felt like a star. He felt like a made man after that match. So I think there's plenty of big opportunities on the table for him. You know, think about him going up in big main events against the likes of Tanahashi or or Naito in the future. So I think there's a big, big upside with Jonah. I think the company are keen on him. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, the top dog, Jonah? Look, I think, like, I don't hear a lot of the the talk. Like, you hear more of that. and And you're privy to more of people's thoughts on that. I, I'm not doubting the guy's conditioning. I'm not doubting that. I think, I mean, I think he proved everyone wrong if if you had concerns with that. Um, I he needed a match like this, like this. This would be one of those matches where I thought was that would I would put in the the really good match. And you're right, oh, that Osaka crowd, man. Like if if the moment is right. And it felt like the moment was right, man. You could hear the gasps as as they were, you know, he was climbing the ropes. And when he hit that, boy, it felt, it felt like there were no restrictions. Um, and I love that match too. Yeah, and, and Okada is just fantastic. But I, I mean, if you look at that A block, you know, he he loses to. Or uh, rather, let me, let me bring this. Um, he loses to Yano, and now you're thinking, all right, great. And then he has a decent match with with Lawler, right? And I really liked the Cobb match too. I thought that was I thought that was a really good, well thought out big man type match, like two monsters going at it. Um, I mean, he went over 20 minutes, right? He went over twenty minutes. I mean, I don't. And 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 here's the thing too. Even with with Jeff Cobb, two big guys, you would think it would go. You know, it was like fifteen minutes there. So I don't know. I I think the conditioning's fine. I think he's. They make look. They're they're they like him obviously. You know, if you're looking at that block right now, he's he's on top of it with Okada. So 
yeah, I mean, he's, I like him. I, I like him and uh, Tito. <laughs> I like them together. I think they look fucking awesome as a tag team. I think he's, I, you know, he is a throwback guy. Like, he's a throwback big monster type heel that I think is a fucking welcome addition. A welcome addition. I think he's been really good. Yeah, we need more big fat guys in wrestling. And they go around so well in Japan as well. I think the Japanese crowd really appreciate guys like this. And, you know, not every wrestler needs to be able to do 35-minute work rate Will Ospreay style epics. I'm really enjoying the variety in this G1. We're getting a little bit of everything. And I think A Block, it's probably my least favorite so far. I think a lot of the matches have missed the mark. But I think it's starting to come together now. And, again, I'm appreciating the variety of having these proper big host fights so I think there's absolutely a place for, for Jonah in this company. Um, so questions here. Matt says, does the G&G one stand for Jonah? Uh, Bray says, do you think with Triple H bringing back talent for a second chance, it could affect a team like TMDK, uh, particularly Jonah? And if so, do you think Jonah does better in the E or better in the Cerulean ring for his career as a whole? I mean, yeah, no doubt. He's, he's going to have Triple H on the phone right now, wanting him back. So he's got he's going to have some choices to make. But hopefully he's you know re-watching this uh, the experience he's had Winning in the main event with New Japan in the G1 against the best wrestler on the planet, Kazuchika Okada, and hearing those fans. And hopefully, hopefully he sticks around because I think there's a lot of upside for him in New Japan. Me too. Um, and, and it's funny that you bring that up because I was thinking about that this week. Is, you know, I wonder, I wonder how that's being positioned to a lot of guys now. You know, the biggest obstacle in, in them doing well in in the E, as you say, it was the old guy. Uh, and the old guy is no longer there. Um, and a lot of these wrestlers, their biggest supporter is now the, the, the main guy. And it's amazing how, 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 how the landscape of pro wrestling has changed, Joel, since, since you went away. You, you uh, disrupted the entire balance of the world, it felt like. Um, both, both from a political and a pro wrestling perspective, uh, and even a I'm just, yeah, that straws the drink, Damon. You really are. You really are. It feels like it. Like it feels like it's a different place and a different time now. Um, but I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of guys are getting phone calls now, and I just hope that they. I mean, you would, you would think that the philosophy there would be changing. And those people who felt they couldn't, they, there was a glass ceiling with Vince there. Um, and, you know, they, they, they might, it might open their eyes again to take another swing at it. I hope not. I, I hope they learned their lesson the first time, but we'll see. Well, money, money usually talks, unfortunately. Right. Uh, in terms of the rest of the lot, I mean, what more can we say about Okada? He's also on six points, but just, again, let's throw flowers at him for that Jonah performance because just he is a. Again, we are privileged to be witnessing one of the best ever wrestlers on the planet to lace his boots up. Um, and, you know, he's doing a d- different style here, working against guys like Cobb and Yano and Fale and Jonah. But I think he's playing it to perfection and he's always able to make his opponents look great. Uh, Lance Archer, this is not 2019 Lance Archer. He is working incredibly hard and he's making his body do things that it probably shouldn't be doing. He is bringing it, but you could see him starting to slow down a bit. So, 
maybe sort of diminishing returns. He's not a guy that I'm going to be demanding to be in every year, but I've enjoyed his uh, his output so far. Uh, Tom Lawler, I think he's working tremendously hard and he is getting himself over with the fans with the, the little clap thing that he's doing. Him and Royce Isaacs, I think the, the home fans are really into Tom Lawler. Um, he is, again, I think he is lacking that big breakout match and surely that's going to come against Okada in night 15. That's the one I've got circled. I mean, so far, yeah, he's been good, but we're just waiting for that breakout performance. Uh, Jeff Cobb is kind of flying under the radar here um, for a guy who nearly went unbeaten in the G1 last year. He seems to be taking a bit of a backseat there. But, you know, the Okada match was great. I think the Jonah match was a lot of fun as well. Um, so he's, you know, doing his big feats of strength. So we'll see uh, how the rest of the tournament plays out for him. But, yeah, he's a guy who sort of kind of faded into the background a bit, uh, maybe just through because of the scheduling, like the... the there's something I've, I haven't brought up actually. The way that this tournament's been designed, it, it is hard like it. to build up momentum and stories. Yes, it's it's tough, isn't it? Yep, it is. It's tough for it's tough for wrestlers to gain momentum. It's tough for fans watching to kind of be like, okay, now where are we at? What are we? Who's what? Where are we? And there's and again, there's so there's such a distance between when guys wrestle, like. I, and I appreciate the fact that it's giving them a break and it's giving them a time to at least a couple days to lick their wounds. But I don't know. I think this that, that might be one of the biggest challenges I've had so far this year with this. And, and, and one of the reasons why I haven't been able to put it up into a great stratosphere is because it's just a weird schedule. And these huge gaps is just, I don't know, it's hard. You, you're not building any momentum. Yeah, it hasn't really felt like you're watching a tournament. It just felt like a lot of disconnected matches. And I haven't even been looking or thinking at the standings until now. Now it's all starting to come together and starting to feel like a tournament. There's a bit of momentum. We've got the storylines in place. But yeah, it's I, it, I want it fixed for next year. I don't know if they're going to do something like, I don't know, expand it to 32. Uh, and so you can have single block nights. But these sort of mixed block nights with all the schedules jumbled up. Don't like it. Don't like it. Um, rest of this block, though, bad luck, Farley. <laughs> I could do without him. I think Jonah should be the guy taking his spot because Farley's just barely mobile at the moment. People are having interesting matches with him in spite of him rather than because of him. So, yeah, I think Jonah should be taking that big man spot in the future. Yano yeah, has been less offensive than usual. He's not been funny, but I think he's actually had some quite entertaining matches. I thought the Lawler match was quite funny. But again, that was more due down to Lawler <laughs> than I think it was Yano. I enjoyed the spot with a wig. And I thought he was pr- quite good in the Lance Archer match as well. But, you know, it's it's Yano. Yano is Yano. Um, but overall, yeah, I'd say probably the weakest block, uh, A block. But it's starting to come good now. And I think we've got some interesting matches around the corner. Yeah, I would agree. And it's good. And and, and here's the thing with Yano. It's been, and, and we're all on our knees, thanking God. Uh, eight, you know, what was his, you know, he... It, Average match time, I'm looking at uh, eight minutes, nine minutes, right? So it's nothing that it's not overstaying. It's welcome. Even Foley, you know, Foley's not his average match time. What is not even 10 minutes. So, I mean, they're keeping the guys that quite honestly, you know, nobody really <laughs> wants to see, um, you know, they're on the losing end and the matches are relatively short. Um, I think, I think this block, and again, I'm just, just kind of like thumbing my way through some of these results, and like that you would think they would, you know, it makes sense that it would because this is that horse block, you know, the averages 
in time in the ring, you know, Lance Archer, 10 minutes, Law, uh, Tom Lawler, 11 minutes, Jeff Cobb, 13 minutes, Fale, not even 10 minutes, Yano, not even nine minutes. And then Jonah and, and, and Okada are, you know, you know, they're, 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 they're leading match time. You know, they're leading, they're, they're, they're spending the most time in the ring in that block. Makes sense, but, you know, at least they're smart with that, and they're keeping the people that shouldn't have the longest match time short. Yeah, um, we've got some questions here. Daryl says, let's rank the first-timers. I think they've all shown up, but Jonah for sure has made the biggest impact to me thus far. Inring Art says, Jonah and Tom Lawler seem to really be getting over with the fans in Japan. How many months do you see them spending in Japan in 2023? Over, under three. So, yeah, your thoughts on that. Uh, and Tom Lawler as well. Let's, uh, what do you think about Filthy Tom so far? I think Filthy Tom's been good. Um, to be fair, though, I mean, the, fir- the first two nights, he's had decent opponents. You know, he had Archer and, and um, Jonah, right? Um, and he's going to finish up with two of the better ones, Okada and Cobb. And then stuck in the middle, he's got Yano and Fale. I don't know if he's had a great opportunity to shine, right? And you're right. Okada is going to be one of those moments where you know he's going to have plenty of match time. He's going to be able to show his shit, and it's going to be good. Cobb as well, I think, is going to be a real fun match too. So, yeah, I think the best is around the corner for for Lawler. Um, who who's who's my favorite newcomer? Was that the question? Yes. Okay. I have to think about that because I got to be honest. I think a lot of them have done better than. I'm not better than I expected, but I think there's they're standing out as you know a positive addition to G1. Um, I think ELP is on that list. I think hmm. um, I think Hinari is on that list. I'm not just saying that because he's kind enough to do our show. I think he I think he is impressing. Um, I think Chase Owens hasn't been bad. I thought I I thought his Ishii match was pretty good. Um. Well, he's technically not a newcomer. He was in it last. Ah, uh, you're right. Good point. My bad. My bad. Um, I guess of the of the of the newcomers, Jonah's on that. I, there's really nobody that's disappointed me of the new guys. Not not one. You? I mean, I I have, I I don't see it. No, I think they've all been working really hard. They are they're working like guys who appreciate the spot that they've been given and would like to be back next year. I would hope that Laura and Jonah would be back for more than three months next year. Uh, I think they are popular enough with the Japanese fans already that I think New Japan would see the upside in, in certainly bringing them back long term in Japan. Uh, but yeah, I think all, all the newcomers have made a good impression so far. Um, I think oh, Jonah's another I, one here. Multiple. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think Jonah's. Yeah, I think Jonah's a, a shoo-in. I mean, you don't pin Okada. I mean, how many people you know? Can say that <laughs> you know they got a clean a clean pinfall over you know debatable but the top guy in the promotion not many I mean you 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 have instant credibility so unless you know something gets fucked up he, that, that that you're gonna see a lot of Jonah I mean you don't you don't pin Okada and just walk away. Multiverse A says, as the OG strong watcher, how does it feel to see Tom, Jonah, and to a lesser extent, Isaacs and Badu Tito succeed on this tour? Tom's backstage promo about his losses in life was one of the most emotional things I've seen in a long while. Yes, I mean, I think my my stonks 
in New Japan Strong are starting to pay off here. Uh, I, I'm not making these people out. So, you know, people listen to the podcast and get bad dude Tito. Roy says it's these people who are not real, Joel. You're making up Strong's fake product. <laughs> but I'm, I'm certainly eating big now. I think both of those guys are absolutely delivering. You know, dare say maybe pencil them in for future G1 climaxes, Tito and Royce Isaacs. And I've been praising them since the moment they stepped foot in strong. You know, I've been saying for months and months and months, keep an eye out for Royce Isaacs. You know, they've, they've definitely been sort of giving him the low key push, giving him big singles matches. And so, no surprise to me that he's been called up to the G1. So, you, you listen, you little piggies, you fucking pay attention to my strong reviews because I'm giving you the inside track. I'm ahead of the curve. You are always yes. on these guys. There's no one else out there. With their putting out audio saying, Hey, Baddy Tito, keep an eye out for this guy. Roy Sices, keep an eye out for this guy. Except me. I'm the only person on the planet doing it. <laughs> so it's time to pay me the respect that I deserve, Damon. Well, he's back. He's back, everyone. He is back. <laughs> Don't <laughs> if there was a, if there was a question, he was a little rusty. Come at it. No, no, we're an hour in and he's already pumping his chest. I love it. I love the confidence. And it's true though. It is true. You uh, you are on point with that when it comes to the strong. Uh, don't be surprised if you see a lot of these a lot of these guys that are uh, you know they're not only just filling the gaps for these you know multi man tags. Um, they're 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 there to get you familiar with them so that when things like oh I don't know World Tag League come rolling around, you'll probably see those faces once again uh, in a tag situation. So uh, twofold for both those. So good. All right, B Block. Uh, Jay White, he's got eight points. He's winning all his matches so far. I mean, Jay White's been great. What more can we say about Jay? He is doing a fantastic job in... He's winning his matches, but he is making his opponents look great. He's looking like he's sort of surviving them rather than comprehensively beating his opponent. And he's doing it in very sort of smart, sneaky ways. Uh, you know, whether it's stuff like, you know, gouging Sonata's bad eye to, to get the reversal on him. I thought he was tremendous in the great Okan match. He really made Okan like a monster there just even the, the shit talking like get him away ref I, I don't know what he's doing what is that like he's, he's genuinely terrified of Okan's uh, ferocity and his wrestling skills uh, so even though Jay White is coming out on the winning end in all these matches I think he's making his opponents look very very strong uh, Tamatonga on four points yeah Tam has been good so far again I think we probably still to see his best because he's got his big match with Jay White coming up which we'll preview uh, Taichi four points Taichi, I think, is one of the top performers of this G1 so far. The Ishii match was great. I really enjoyed the Sonata match, probably more than most people did. Um, the Chase Owens match wasn't the best, but again, he's still got his best matches ahead of him, Taichi, and I think he is uh, one of the better G1 Climax wrestlers. Uh, so it's good to see him, people starting to respect him. Uh, Sonata also on four points. Again, I think Sonata's had a, a quietly strong tournament and he's quietly having a good year. I think we are not seeing sloppy Sonata. We're, we're not seeing the botches anymore. And I think he's starting to build his confidence and his charisma. So, um, yeah, big fan of Sonata this year. Uh, Chase Owens, I don't think his tournament is as good as it was last year. I think last year he had more stand-up matches. But I did enjoy the Ishii match a lot. That one really came together in the second half. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about it. All, all his backstage promos seem to be uh, focused solely on him basically vanity searching on Twitter and <laughs> getting upset about what people are saying about him online. Like maybe, maybe don't do that. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the Ishii match was good. I'll give him that. Uh, great Okan. Yeah. He disappointing. Yeah, matches have been good. It, uh, yes, disappointing. But... I, I mean, it, he's one of these guys who, 
okay, other people have said it before, you know, always looking in previous G1 saying, oh, this is going to be Shabbat's year. This is going to be Ibushi's year. This is going to be Sonata's year. But we usually like two or three years too early with that. I think this could be with the case with Ocon because a lot of us looked at this and thought, oh, you know, it could be a dark horse to win this whole block. And he's got two points and he's eliminated already. So I think we're going to have to be patient with him. I think his year is coming, but obviously it's not this year. So even though his performance has been good, I think he's actually improving. I think he's figuring out the character more. Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer is investing in the Ocon stonks. I don't know if you saw, I, I tweeted him and he quote tweeted saying he's he's a fan now and he thinks Ocon's starting to put it together. No, uh, I didn't see that. It's not happening this year. And uh, Tomohiro Ishii, if uh, Voices Wrestling have uh, said that he is on... You know, he's on the borderline. He was nearly cut from this year's G1 and he may not be around for next year's G1. So whilst he is absolutely delivering his usual high standards in the ring, uh, actually, I think he's having a better year than usual because I think he's having different kinds of matches. I thought the Taichi match was tremendous. Um, and and he's, he's going out there and he's, I think he is adapting better to his opponent's style and having matches that are more than the sum of their parts rather than just doing the standard Ishii match. Uh, but yeah, he's sitting on two points. He's only got one match left. He could end up with a one and six record. So again, do not hold your breath expecting Ishii to be there next year. I'm not saying he won't be there next year, but I think he's definitely a guy who's on the cusp. So he, he might be. Those are my thoughts on people. He might be, but I'll tell you what. He's and again, I don't want to sit here and, and harp on time in the ring and average match time, but I think that's important in the middle of the summer. Um when you're trying to put your best foot forward for G1, you want to put the talent out there that's that can go. I mean, there's only one guy that's above him in total match time, you know, or, or excuse me, average match time. That's Jay White. And it's only by a handful of seconds. Like, he's in the ring making it happen. So if, if, if there was any scuttlebutt or discussion about him not being in this year, he's going out with a bang. In my mind, like he's going out there to to have strong, strong matches. And he has been. He's going to finish this fucking tournament with two points. Look, that's a that this is a tough block. Right? This is a this is a tough block. There's a lot of names in here that, you know, you can make arguments for just about anybody on there. Man, I just shake my head and I see Okan and Ishii at two points. I don't know. Like, like, just not even in the mix. Now what? Ishii's got Sonata, and then Okan has two matches, doesn't he? Tamatanga and Taichi. You figure he's going to get one of those wins, right? You would think. Um, I have my predictions, my scenarios laid out for later oh, in the show. All right, all right. Um, but I will say this, that there are, what, one, two... As a time, at the time we record this, both Tamatanga and Taichi have three matches. One of them was against each other. And then uh, Tamatanga's got Okan and then Jay White that we talked about that might be uh, an interesting last match. And uh, what Taichi's got, of course, Tamatanga. He also has Jay White and he also has Okan. He has Okan on the last night. So um, I think Jay was. You know what? Let's do it now. Actually, All right. I, I think it makes sense. Isn't it? Like, you, like you brought it up. So my scenario for B plus. So night fourteen, I have uh, Tama beating Tai Chi, putting Tama on six points, Tai Chi on four, and Sonada beating Chase Owens. So Sonada on six, Owens on four. Night fifteen, I've got Tama beating Great Okan. So Tama on eight points, Great Okan staying on two. 
Knight 16, Jay White beating Tai Chi. So Jay White 10 points, Tai Chi 4. Knight 17, Great Okan beating Tai Chi. So Great Okan on 4 points, Tai Chi 4 points. And then Knight 18, I've got Ishii beating Sanada. That's a match of no consequence because they're both eliminated. So Ishii on 4 points, Sanada on 6. Right. And then basically the way I've set it up is that the only way that it can be like a winner-take-all match. So that would be Jay White against Tamatonga with Jay White uh, 6-0, and o, Tamatonga 5-1. So winner goes through. But I've just got Jay White winning there. So White on 12 points, Tamar on 8 blocks. So Jay White sweeping the block because... I mean, I, I could see, I, I wouldn't rule out Tamatonga getting that upset win because it would make sense for the narrative. And yeah, it might be quite cool to have a, a surprise block winner, Tamatonga, going through to the semifinals because I think he's got a tremendous uh, babyface upside. And I think the fans really love him. This has been a huge success so far. But uh, again, just Jay White in kayfabe should be beating guys like Taichi and Tamatonga. So it's hard for me to look at that and say, yeah, Tamatonga is going to get the upset there, but it, it looks like it will come down to Jay White or Tamatonga. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I am actually in agreement with you. Um, no, no shot of Tai Chi squeaking in. You think it's going to be Tamatonga and Jay White, you know, kind of duking it out. I just think that, that if they did want to have some kind of surprise, again, a little bit of an upset, they, I would think they would do that more in semifinal stuff like that, you know, or like you know, uh, Jay White making it through B block, but then somebody in you know, is it it's it's A versus B, right? And then C versus D, correct? That's right. Okay, so you're looking at, I mean, it it does fucking lend itself to Okada White, right? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, we'll see what happens if 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 there's going to be some kind of fuck job or something to, you know, keep Jay from going undefeated. Um, but yeah, I could see that scenario that, that you have it played out like that. Yep, I could definitely see that. Well, let's circle back to my A-block scenario then. So I've got Night 14, uh, Archer beating Jonah. So Archer on six points, Jonah on six. Night 15, Lawler beating Okada. So Lawler on six points, Okada six points. Uh, night 16, uh, Cobb beating Yano. So Cobb on six, Yano on two. Night 17, Cobb beating Lawler. So that's Cobb on eight points, Lawler on six. So that will put Jeff Cobb in a situation where he would need Okada and Jonah to lose on the final night for him to go through. And then night 18, I would have Fale... Uh, spoils Jonah, so Farley on six, Jonah on six, which will keep Cobb alive. And then Okada beating Archer, so Okada on eight points, Archer on six, and Okada winning the block. I mean, you could have also a scenario where it's winner-take-all with Okada and Archer. I think that is also a, a strong possibility, but I can't really see past Okada winning this block. Although, I mean, would it shock me to you know put a guy like Jonah through to the semifinals? It, it wouldn't, but I just think Okada is the, the most likely. He's the chalk pick here. He is. It's not, you know, you're not going out on a limb with it, but I think it's the smartest thing to do. And here's the thing, too. You've already accomplished what you needed to accomplish with, with Jonah. Again, not many Correct. people pinning Okada. He's won. Um, and I think it's okay for him to lose to a Fale. Um, you know, it could be a slip on a banana peel situation. It doesn't have to be anything intense. I mean... You figure, you know, Archer and Fale, they couldn't even have a fucking, you know, no, nobody's lying down that first match. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt Jonah to lose to Fale, but I think the safe pet, uh, safe pet, the safe bet would be 
Okada, and I think that's where they're going to go. All right, C Block. Uh, we got. I mean, there's not a huge amount I can say because these guys that you know we know they're great wrestlers and they're just going out there doing really good pro wrestling. So Tanahashi on six points, uh, Zach's on six. Um, so I will say about those two, what I'm appreciating is not just the high standard of the wrestling, but the fact that they are mixing up with the finishers. We're not seeing the same, you know, oh, here's the high fly flow, or here's the Zack driver. They are getting a, a nice variety of submissions and, and roll-ups and interesting pinning combinations to win their matches, which I think is keeping keeping us on our toes. Uh, Gotto on four points. Yeah, I think Gotto's having a strong tournament as well. I think he's he's increased his effort levels and he looks more well, rejuvenated compared to the last two years. Uh, Naito on four points. Again, I think we're looking at the comeback story with him. He's been really great, as always. Uh, Evil. Now, I've got a question here about Evil. Uh, Michael CC from our Discord says, good to have you back. Joel, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much have you missed the house of torture during your vacation? Also, congrats on having the correct Jonah Hinare takes. Yeah, uh, I think Evil is actually having a good tournament here. I think, and again, I've been saying this for months, but House of Torture have found this spot. They are mid-card comedy goofs yeah. you, you enjoy rooting against. And they are not doing the same finish again and again and again. This is not the, you know, back in the 2020 where we're getting the same Dick Togo Garot and evil Dick Punch finish. They are doing some interesting and creative and I think quite funny and entertaining stuff in their matches. So I think Evil is landing at, at that sweet spot for me where I'm actually really enjoying his matches in this tournament. Uh, Kenta on two points. Hinari uh, on two points. Yeah, I think Hinari might be my favourite of the debutants so far. Just it, it kind of depends on his opponent. When he's going against a guy who will bang with him, basically, someone who is going to will be willing to exchange those big, heavy strikes. And I think Hanari is probably the best striker on the roster. I don't think there's... I, I would say actually maybe second to Kenta. So that is a match I've got circled, Hanari versus Kenta, because I think they're going to beat the shit out of each other. And I think it's going to be really great. But yeah, Hanari has been very impressive so far. I think uh, you and I can enjoy a little victory lap because I think people are coming around on Hinari and enjoying his output and seeing, you know, the way he's mixing up with the big bullying power moves and the, the crisp striking, the body shots. Um, so, yeah, it's not a, a huge deal to say about C-Block. Um, enjoying it so far, you know, very high-level wrestling, a lot of experienced wrestlers out there. Hinari getting to mix up with these uh, top professionals. Uh, how are you enjoying C-Block so far? I like it. I, I, I mean, Kenta's one guy that... Um... He's got three matches, and I think the best is yet. Oh, and his backstage promo. Sorry, uh, uh, his backstage promo has been tremendous. Where he's finding increasingly elaborate ways to promote his new book. Yeah. That's been very funny. That is that is that is top notch. That is top notch. Um, I think Tanahashi's been tremendous, and once again, you know, <laughs> it, it, I think is I think the the Hanare match was was really good. I I liked the the Naito match a ton. The Zack match I thought was tremendous. Um, and even the evil match, you know, and, and you're right. It is, you know, a good mix of, all right, we need, we need the hero to, to, to get his, you know, to get one over on the bad guys. And there's a lot of that. And I think it's fine. I think Goto has been good. Uh, I, I I'm going to say, keep an eye out for Kenta. Cause I think Kenta is going to have, some real fucking fun stuff coming up. Naito on the 14th. Hinare, which I think will be fun, just like you said. There's, you know, the, 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 you know, if Hinare wants to get punched in the face, I think he's going to have somebody that will oblige that request. Um, and then finishing up with Tanahashi. That's pretty good. 
That's 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 a pretty good finish. Um, I'm ch- I'm looking through here and seeing who's who's got what, and I, that might be the most interesting one to me. Like Tanahashi has Goto and Kenta, Zach has Evil and Naito. That might be pretty good too. Um, Goto has Tanahashi, Evil. Again, Naito has Kenta and Zach. Evil, Zach and Goto. I, I really like Ken, uh, Kenta's last three matches. They're going to be fun. I think. I, I think that's the one. I'm. 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 That one guy is the one. He might not do well, but I'm circling him just because I think his matches on paper sound the sexiest. This is a scenario I've got for C blocks. On night fourteen, Naito beats Kenta, which put Naito on six, Kenta on two. Uh, the interesting thing with Tanahashi, he's got to lose out. If he wins any matches, then Naito is out. So night 15, I've got Goto beating Tanahashi, which would put them both on six. And also Zach beating Evil. So Evil on four, Zach on eight. Night 16, Kenta beating Hanare. So Hanare on two, Kenta on four. Night 17, Kenta spoiling Tanahashi, uh, which would put them both on six. Night 18, Evil beating Goto, putting them both on six. And then Naito beating Zach in a winner-take-all match, leaving both of them on eight points, but Naito going ahead from the tiebreaker. So I think it's the Naito comeback story here. He's on his way. I mean, he got evil. He got Hanare. You're still confident in that, though, huh? It's just the fact also that uh, Zach beat Naito in the New Japan Cup. So get one that's got to be... He's got to get his win back, hasn't he? I guess so. Yeah, Kenta could spoil Tanahashi. That's for sure. I think he beats good. And also, they've got history. Uh, Zach spoiled Naito... Is it was it 2018? I want to say on the last night, and also he injured him in right. last year's G1. So they got okay. they got a big history there. I think it's all building up so to Naito getting his revenge on Zach, and that winner take all match. Are you are you okay with that? Do you like that? Yeah, I, I'm a Naito guy. I want Naito I to win. I think he's going to win the whole tournament. I know, but it seems I know they've been playing it up too. Like you know, does. You know, this is his last shot at this. You know, how many times we're going to see uh, him getting a getting a swing at the big prize? We'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm okay. I'm, listen, I'm okay with. It. I know that's where like, I feel like that's where we're going. But I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, I I feel like we've been here before, haven't we? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the most original story. I'll give you that. But uh, if he says, say? if he says I he wants to, uh, I, I think he's, I think he's going to like. Uh, I was going to say merge belts, but that's stupid. I'm, I'm just going to shut up and let you go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on to D block then. So right. David Finley took oh. the block with six points. I know, right? He's been very impressive. I think the Eudro match stank on the, the, first, the, the first show. It was uh, night three they wrestled. But I thought the Juice main event was outstanding. Like that was great. It was everything it needed to be a big, aggressive, bloody grudge match. Uh, the, the Shingo upset was big. And I thought the Osprey match was really good as well. So Finley's definitely got his working boots on and justifying his inclusion in this tournament. Yujiro uh, on four points. I'm, I can do without Yujiro. Um, he should be on the chopping block, I think. I mean, unless they're expanding it, which they probably will, because this is you know this is the world we're living in where it's just more wrestlers, more content. And I think New Japan are just in a situation financially where they're looking at guys like Yujiro and Farley thinking, well, look, we're paying these guys. We've got them under contract. Let's put them in the fucking tournament. Um, even though I would rather Yujiro not be there because I think he just drag the quality down. The uh, Shingo, yeah, I mean, Shingo's been great, as he always is. The Yoshihashi match, I thought, was tremendous. Really, really enjoyed that one. One of my favourites of the tournament so far. The Juice match on night two was a bit off. I think that he kind of fell apart at the end there. But uh, Finley match was good. Osprey match was great. I mean, the, the, the thing is with these Shingo Osprey matches, because they've been so incredible, like some of my all-time favourite matches, like that Dontaku one last year was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So they are so good that it's difficult not to judge subsequent matches against the high bar that they've set. So whilst their match on night 12, I thought, again, it was spectacular and had some incredible sequences. It wasn't up there with their best, even though it was better than like most other matches in this G1. And, you know, a lot of people are sort of, I don't know, maybe it's just our Discord that doesn't, it's not really keen on Will Ospreay, but I thought it was a fantastic match, but not one of their best. Uh, Osprey four points. Yeah, I think Osprey's having a good tournament as well. Um, Finley match was really good. Shigo match was great. He worked hard against Yudro. I thought the ELP match on night one that was, very was good. like ages ago. That was very very good. He, he did a good job putting ELP over there, uh, even though he won. You know, making ELP look good in defeat. He, he did that big uh, hidden blade to the face when ELP was complaining to the ref. And I still remember that spot, which speaks volumes about how good it was. Uh, Yoshihashi, right? Yoshihashi somehow has managed to get better. And we've said he's been improving for the past two years. And I think he's won some of our most improved awards. But he's he's got even better this year, Damon. I think he has taken that Ishii spot of a guy who is probably going to lose, but is going to go on his sword and have high effort, high intensity. And he's shown more aggression, uh, you know, slapping people, getting in their faces. I think Yoshihashi's been fantastic this year. The Shingo match was great. I thought the ELP match was brilliant as well. Uh, so Yoshihashi, he's got three matches left, but even halfway through his tournament, I think he's been fantastic, actually. Uh, Juice Robinson, I'm enjoying the new gimmick. I quite enjoy him screeching, and he is very, very funny as a heel. I thought the ELP match on night 13 was an absolute riot. I enjoyed that so much, you know, when they're doing their sort of slow motion. <laughs> Tribute to pro wrestling, right, yeah. Yeah, but the way it sort of bled over into just absolute violence, you know, him getting his head smashed through the table, that was a great spot. And, you know, I'm, I'm just shocked that he's been eliminated so early. Uh, I thought they were going to be doing more with him. But we'll stick a pin in that when it comes to the predictions. Uh, ELP on two points, he's been great, absolutely justifies his inclusion. And I think they've got big plans for him. And I've been saying this for a very, very long time, yet again, 
Joel, ahead of the curve uh, in the New Japan fandom, um, I've been saying that ELP will be in the G1 and he is absolutely delivering. I think all of his matches have been good so far. And I think they're telling an interesting story with him here as he just got more and more frustrated against Juice and then that boiled over and he actually whacked him with the chair in the middle of the ring. And that was kind of heartbreaking because you were sort of pulling for him. Because, you know, the thing with ELP is when he was in Best of the Super Juniors, he's like bigger than most of the guys in there. So he doesn't feel like an underdog. In the G1, he does feel like an underdog. And he's sort of tapping into this as yet undiscovered underdog babyface potential. And the fans are into it. I'm into it. And I think we could be doing big things with ELP. I don't know if it will be this year, but I think there's some twists and turns left in this Bullet Club story. And I think this him waffling Juice Robinson with the chair may lead to something. Maybe he might be the first person to voluntarily leave Bullet Club. Who knows? I think that's one to keep an eye on. But yeah, D-Block is one that I think a lot of people wrote off. You know, looking at people like Yoshihashi, El Phantasm, I think, oh, you know, this is not going to be any good, or and Finley. But I think those guys specifically have proven a lot of the doubters wrong. And I think D-Block, actually, that might be my favourite block. Wow. Okay. Well, I- I'll tell you what. I'll I'll throw flowers because I have been... Um, it feels like I've been extra hand wavy in the past and extra eye rolly in the past on David Finley. But uh, if we're being honest and fair, he's had a really good G1. Like he's he's had a, a he, that the juice match was was one of my favorites of the of the tournament. Um, I thought the Osprey match was good. Uh, the Shingo match was good. So. I'm surprised he's he point wise he is where he is right now um because he's 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 in first place right now. Uh Ujiro, I, yeah, I could do it out. Um he's almost becoming uh fast forward material. He's he's quickly becoming fast forward material. Shingo, uh the Osprey match I thought was very good. And you're right. They they have set a bar that is ridiculous, ridiculous, um, and it's it almost feels not fair judging future performances by the bar that they set. But that's that's what we do. Good, really good, not great, not great, and would probably be in the lower middle area of all of their matches. To be fair. Um, Osprey himself, I thought, I think he's having an outstanding year, outstanding tournament. Um, Yoshihashi has had a remarkable past two years. And I think everyone can agree with that. And I think the narrative of him being just a fucking guy, he's left that in a rearview mirror. Here's the problem. As great as he has improved and as great as he has been all, all a, a, a kind of a pleasure to watch Joel for the life of me he is still a fucking bag of socks he I just no yes you're wrong i'm not wrong <laughs> no. i'm not he i i find him to be incredibly dull and in just I cannot, I, I just don't find, I don't see it. Again, his matches are have been really good, and he's had a great two years. Like, there's really, 
very few people that I can sit on one hand, people who thrived during the fucking pandemic. He's one of them in this company. I cannot wrap my head around him, though. I just find him incredibly fucking dull. Sorry. What do you see that I don't see? I'm seeing just an increased aggression from him. This is a guy who I think I'm getting this aura from him that he's seeing guys like Hinare and Finley and ELP and Jonah and Tom Lawler coming in, gunning for his spot. And he's saying, fuck that noise. I've been here a long time. I'm going to fight tooth and nail to keep my spot in this company. And that is what I'm seeing from him each time he gets in the ring. I see that in his in-ring performance, but I don't see that within him. Does that make any sense? Like, like, Again, I feel like his match quality has been a, such a pleasant surprise. It's him. <laughs> I just can't. I just there's just something. He, he's there. a ha- okay. He he's a happy, cute little puppy. No, when you back him into the corner, he bears his teeth and is going to take your face off oh. when he feels threatened. All right. Okay. <laughs> and again, I'm shy. I'm just giving you the honest feeling that I have watching him. Um. All right. Let's get to juice. I don't know if I like this bullet clip shit. I don't know if I like this. And here's the biggest problem I have. Just because you curse a lot and use potty language, that doesn't make you a heel. I I think he's taking a step back. I think he's taking a step back with this bullet club stuff. I'm not feeling this at all. Like, here's my fear with juice. This is screaming to me. Mid-card. In a faction that is already massive. It all, and again, I, I, I'm sure that we're, you know, we're choosing sides and we need people to fill out those sides. When it all, when the shit hits the fan with Bullet Club, but if we if we take that out of the equation for a second, where we are right now with him, I don't know, man. This is not doing it for me. Yeah, well, I've said I've enjoyed the presentation, but the booking is a bit strange. I thought he was going to be a player. I thought he was going to be a serious threat, maybe even to win the whole block. And the fact that he's possibly already technically eliminated is a head scratcher for me. Because I thought, you know, after, was it, I can't remember what the show was, maybe Windy City, right? I forget all the names of them. But the one where he won the US title in that four-way, I was like, wow, okay, this is serious Juice Robinson. This is a guy we need to pay attention to. But this Juice Robinson that's lost consecutive matches to Finley and Yoshihashi and Yujiro, I'm thinking, why should I care about him you know I, how can i consider this guy a serious player when he's losing to fucking Ujiro? right yeah I, that was a head scratcher wasn't it that made no sense to me <laughs> and then elp it feels like it was a hundred years ago but how great was that fucking osprey match that might be my favorite match of the tournament that was a tremendous fucking match. Look, you could see the little tiny thing. Like, even like in matches with Juice and, and, and even I, like, there are little glimmers of babyface 
You know what I mean? There's little like just just things that he does in the ring that feel like a, like a baby face would do that. Um, he like I don't want to jump the gun and be like, oh, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he's going to lead Bullet Club to. I don't know why I'm talking in a high pitch voice when I do this. Is that supposed to be me? No, Is that's that supposed to be me. <laughs> Clams. Um, no, I can't do you. Uh, but we got ourselves. We got ourselves a little star here. We got ourselves. We got our. We got our. We don't even. I don't even think people know what they have with ELP right now. Like, like I. I am. Like if, if if we're talking, what did you call it? Stonks, stocks. Um, yeah, stonks. That... I, I've invested big on the ELP stonks. And some <laughs> why are you saying fucking morons on Twitter? Being... <laughs> why are you saying stonks? What does that mean? Uh, it's it's a internet meme thing. Is it? I'll check, I'll send you the picture. You may not have seen it before. Oh, but, uh, stonks. Oh, I'm this, afraid. This is what the kids are saying, David. All right, you wacky kids. Um, ELP again, don't, don't be fooled by two points. Don't be fooled by two points. Cause you got yourself. You, oh, oh yeah. I, oh, have I? Yeah. I've seen this. No, have I? Maybe. Yeah. I think I have. Why is he an AirPod? He's got an AirPod head. <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask me to explain it. I just, co- I just copy the stuff that all the cool people are saying on discord. Okay. Oh, so, so this but, is- yeah, I, I think, one thing that we need to pay attention to with ELP is the way that his matches have been structured, the way he's been given Osprey on the first night and Shingo on the last night. Mm. And I think that's deliberate. Well, yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. And uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm almost a little disturbed. I keep looking at this picture. It's a really, it's a really <laughs> fucked up <laughs> disturbing picture. It's completely derailed you with a stonk picture. It's the stonk, the stonk picture. It's a little frightening. Like a like he looks very like creepy. Um uh yeah. Okay, ELP, I don't know what we're talking about. But yeah, he's a star. And he would get ready, get ready, get on now on the ELP train. Cause uh that motherfucker is gonna go very soon. Okay, you want D block scenario. Night 14, Yudro beats Yoshihashi. So Yoshihashi 4, Yudro 6, <laughs> I know. Uh, night 15, ELP beats Finley. So ELP 4 points, Finley 6 points. Night 16, uh, Shingo beats Yudro. So Shingo 6, Yudro 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, night 16, also Osprey beats Yoshihashi. So Osprey on 6, Yoshihashi on 4. Night 17, Yoshihashi beats Finley. Yoshihashi 6, Finley in 6. And then night 18, the way I have it set up here, which I think are not unreasonable predictions, if Juice and ELP win their matches, that will put all seven of these wrestlers in a seven-way tie. Oh, they no. would all be tied on six points, which then could lead to something incredibly wacky. I don't know what. Maybe they'll do like a, a battle royal. A scaffold match. Night 19. <laughs> Throw. Yeah, I mean, Punjabi prison match. Right. Well, that'd be great. But it sounds wacky, but don't rule it out. Because they have been bigging up on commentary a lot about the possibility of tiebreaker. And of course, any tiebreaker would have to be a multi-person match. It would have to be at least a three-way. But there is a, a chance, an outside chance, but a chance nonetheless, that D-block ends in a seven-way tie. 
So just just keep that in the back of your minds. I don't think it will happen, but it could happen. That's the important thing. I have Juice beating Osprey, so Juice on six points, Osprey on six, and then Shingo being ELP, so Shingo on eight points, ELP on four. So I've got Shingo winning the block, but I want the seven way tie, David. Really, I want it. Yeah, I I, I tell you what, I I just want to hear Wrestling Observer live. <laughs> I want to hear Dave try to explain it. <laughs> the mathematics. I look forward to that every year. I just want to hear him do that. Uh, do you remember when he was in, in our DMs on Twitter asking, <laughs> asking about tiebreakers? Did you see that? No. What? Who? What? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Dave. Uh, so this was two years ago. He was asking about tiebreakers, about if Osprey wins and White and Ibushi lose, they're all two and one against the four tied finalists, and how is it determined from now? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Go and ask Chris Samson. He knows this stuff. <laughs> he, he DM'd you? Yeah. Well, well, good. I'm glad he got back to you then. He, he ghosted us. <laughs> he certainly did. I just want to make that point. He did. Like we, yeah, yeah. Well, we did where's our Hall of Fame ballot as well? Yeah, and yeah, he, we didn't hear shit from him. Now, to be fair, I don't even think he knows. Well, I guess he does know the direct message. Yeah, I felt a little, felt a little wronged by him. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that. Felt a little wronged. Oh man, imagine that conversation, me and him. Whew. I would just you know what I would do while he was talking. I would just cough the whole time. <laughs> Shuffle papers, <laughs> <All> papers, <laughs> and just go. No, 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 all right, so that's D. You think we're going seven or, I mean, how many fucking people? Oh, my God. That's crazy. Do you really want that? I don't know if my heart could take Absolutely. That. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Just for the wackiness. Yeah. It, it won't happen, but I just, I like the fact that it could. I mean, yeah, it could. I mean, it, the possibilities there. I, got, I, I mean, look. Well, who's getting out of this? Who's getting out of D? I have Shingo. Not Will. No, I think Shingo beating Osprey has set that train in motion. Okay. I think Osprey, we're telling this story about him getting screwed by everyone. So I think we're continuing down that road. Because don't, don't forget, he's the US champion. So he's, is he the US champion? I think he's, the US, <laughs> I don't even know who the US champion is. I think he's the US champion. Yes, he is the US uh, champion. He he is yeah. the champion now. Again, we have a belt that's being swapped among people who shouldn't have it. But yes, he's the the he has the claim to that title. Yes, which is a stupid angle, by the way. Can we can we admit to that as well? Like this whole he won't give back the belt bullshit. <laughs> what? Shut up! This is stupid. Yeah, and then Finley stole it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Did you watch Benny Hill as a kid? Uh, yeah, I think I've, I saw it a few times. You, do you know that was the first time I saw a female breast? Oh, wow. Yes. It's Unexpectedly. Unexpectedly. Like, it was just like I was young and, you know, you know, and uh, Benny Hill was on. I knew that was dirty because my parents used to make me leave the room because they would watch it. Um probably get all horned up and everything um they yeah and then like it was on and i was like oh god it's been 
around and you know everybody's running around and half naked. But then there was one scene where it was a full on boob, like on American television, which was crazy at the time. But it snuck through. It snuck through a full boob. Couldn't believe it. What a day that was. That was a great day. Not gonna lie. My my first exposure was there was this program and any. British listeners will know this Euro Trash. It was called. So this was on Channel Four Friday nights at around eleven PM. So as a kid, obviously, you know it was a struggle staying up that late. But when you did, it was just a ridiculous program where they just show sort of weird things that people were doing on the continent, and the boobs would be like the most unerotic segments imaginable. People were like, "Oh, look what these you know these naked Swedish women are using their boobs to." paint with acrylics or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but I just be like, oh wow, boobs. Like so everyone be like, oh, did you watch Euro Trash on the weekend? Yeah. We, yeah, tits. Yeah. Oh, tits. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. I need to I need to get on YouTube and watch a little Euro Trash. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. So uh you have, and correct me if I'm wrong, Shingo getting out of the D and the C you have Naito. Is that correct? Correct. That would be their first matchup, right? Uh, they met in the 2019 G1. Oh, it was very, very good. Fuck me. You're right. You know what? This whole two hours I've been like saving that in my back pocket. And it's. Well, I mean, by New Japan standards, that's a protected <laughs> match. Like, the, the one big match that they haven't done yet is Naito Osprey. So that's a possibility. But again, mm. I think they, they seem to be saving that for something. And the, with these semifinals, they, they need to sell tickets. Yes. You know, they need big matches. But I think. I don't know. They can afford to have one surprise going through. I think they should have one surprise going through. But my picks are all chalk. You know, I've got Okada, Jay White, Naito, Shingo, and I hope I'm wrong about at least one of those. Yeah, it would be nice. I tell you what, did you hear Kevin Kelly talking about get, get you know, if you're in Japan, get the Lawsons. There's tickets of like whew, that. Seems like a. I mean, look, he's he's doing his job, but like I've never heard that before in my life. Like I've never heard. Any of the color commentators, like like telling them how to you know get tickets, their tickets available. Um, I don't know. Well, you know what would sell the tickets, Damon? Oh, what's that? Seven way playoff, seven way tiebreaker. Oh. Let's do it. Fuck yeah! Let's. I thought you want to say hello fresh. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it what now? A great segue, Damon. Talk to us about hello fresh. <laughs> okay, I will. Hey, it's been a long time since you heard about it, right? You know, you had a month off from the, the HelloFresh talk, but look, it's back. And it's better than ever because we love them. We love them. HelloFresh, of course we do. Uh, you can tell what I'm stalling. I'm trying to find the uh, ad copy that uh, uh, Joel has passed along, but I have it. Yeah. I have <laughs> a copy that I sent you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got to look very far. you just got to scroll past the stonks picture. And it's right <laughs> that was, that's what it is. It was like blocking everything because it's a stonk. <laughs> Stupid stonk. Hey, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients. Seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Hey, look. You got to gear up for that busy autumn season. That's not fall. It's autumn. but uh, it's 55-plus weekly options that take the stress out of meal planning and prepping. From family-friendly to fit and wholesome and even veggie, HelloFresh has a tasty 
and nutritious meals sure to please anyone, right? Perfect. Perfect. HelloFresh quick and easy recipes, 20-minute meals, and low prep, low cleanup options. That's nice. Provide an even faster route to putting food on the table around your packed schedule. You don't have a packed schedule, let's be honest. You know, you're listening to us, you ain't getting fucking nothing better to do. But HelloFresh can make it even easier for you to listen to more Super Jcast and all of your podcasts. Fantastic. Look, here's what I need for you to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use the code VOW16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and and three free gifts. Let me say that again. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. You're going to use the code VOW16 for what? For 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Awesome. What a deal. What a what a wonderful thing this HelloFresh is. So get there now. Do it now. You got nothing better to do. You know it. And you know you wanted to try it. You know you've been talking about it. You know you've been thinking about it. Now's the time to do it. HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use that code VOW16. Get those 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Do it now. Take action. Do it. Thank you, HelloFresh. Excellent. Thank you very much for that, Damon. You missed it, Donald. right? You missed that. You know, you were away for a month. You're like, oh, I would love to hear a little HelloFresh. Now, I nearly change. texted you a few times just asking you to send me an audio clip if you read in it, but I, I decided to, <laughs> to wait. <laughs> Save it. Oh, great. All right. Where else do you want to go? You, you want to wrap it up? I got to go to bed soon. I'm an old man, you know. You want to do some well, questions? What do you we have we have music music city mayhem. Oh, oh yes. How about that, Joe? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. All right. Well, I don't think we need to go into too much detail. This is Saturday, July the thirtieth, in, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, opening match was Fred J. Hayu at Wembley Show to Umano defeating DKC Kevin Knight and Renderita. So a nice showcase of the, the dojo talent that we still have, the ones that haven't uh, quit or got injured in uh, scooter accidents or, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, show to Umano is just, he's looking so close to being ready, isn't he? He's just, he, he looks like a star. He's got himself in great shape and he just looks like the man. So very excited for him to come back. Uh, we had the MLW National Openweight Championship, Rocky Romero against David Richards. Uh, I enjoyed this one a lot. I wonder if we would get to see a bit more David Richards in New Japan. Some potentially interesting uh, encounters there if he does stick around. Uh, strong Openweight Championship, Fred Rosser defeating Big Demo, 30 minutes, one second, with Emerald Flosion. Wow. So, yeah, I would love to see Rosser go on a big dominant run. I think he's a great guy to be holding the fort at, at the moment. And I think there's a nice array of sort of heelish monster opponents. Guys like Big Demo, Hikaleo, Jao Kratos for... Fred Rosser to burn through until we can start building up another feud because I think he's at his best when he's got those big personal rivalries at hand. So we'll, we'll see who's being queued up to be his next big rival after Filthy Tom. Uh, this one I thought was great. Hiromu Takahashi defeating Blake Christian, 13 minutes, 59 seconds. I know Blake Christian has signed with AW Ring of Honor, but I, I talked about him a few months ago. I think he is a guy, I'm investing the stonks in Blake Christian for best of the super juniors next year. Uh, he's starting to get there. He's starting to put it all together. I just still, you know, he needs to bulk up a little bit and just maybe sort of refine his character a bit, dig in, get get some bigger charisma for that tournament. Um, he could be the next Alex Zane. 
So I thought this was a really good match, and I'm looking at Blake Christian for next year's tournament. I think tournament. I think maybe even like uh, junior tag, he could probably yep. find a partner. Um, I heard Hiromo had a had a rough go. Somebody stole his uh, gear. Did I hear that right? Yeah, every time he goes to the state, something bad happens. Oh. The, did he catch COVID or he had a fever last time? He couldn't go for Forbidden Door. And obviously, it was the, the uh, horrible injury he suffered when he went over for the... Was it, I can't remember what it was. Was it the Cow Palace? But yeah, just don't go anymore. Stay in Japan, Hiromu. <laughs> they don't deserve you over there. Right. My Lord. I know. Poor guy. I mean, imagine that. Who's stealing his shit? You know what I mean? What mutant is stealing his shit? Why would you steal his shit? It's, it's, I don't know. And that that, that kind of made me angry. Like, imagine go, like, imagine you went home and somebody stole your stuff. <laughs> imagine, terrible. I don't like it. I felt bad for him. Yeah, poor Hiromu. Uh, we also had Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis, and TJP defeating Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, and Alex Zane. So we appear to be building towards uh, Aussie Open and FTR. IWGP Heavyweight Tag Championship match. Love I don't it. know where that will be, if that's going to be in Japan or the UK or the States, but you could do that anywhere. Very excited about that. Uh, someone asked about this, actually. Let me see if I can find the FTR right. question. Uh, Jeff Bailey says, would you take a team like FTR or the Lucha Brothers from AEW in World Tag League, but with the caveat that they're probably going to win the tournament and beat some more established teams like Cobb Khan, or would it be better to take a lower card team from AEW to eat pins with gain experience? I would love to have FTR in World Tag League, even if they win it. I mean, they, I mean, who cares who wins World Tag League, really? Um, I don't know if Tony Khan would allow them to go to World Tag League, but certainly something to keep an eye on. If they are able to successfully defend the tag titles against Aussie Open, then that is something to be circling in the calendar as we approach closer to World Tag League. And I think uh, smart fans like us, we, we're excited about World Tag League for the possibilities of what guest teams could be entering, right. what fresh matchups We're doing it again. we've got around the corner. We're doing it again. You're going to get yourself disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it again. Yes, I would love to see them. Uh, and I would have no problem with them winning it because what does that mean? That means they go to the Dome and they challenge usually you know, tag champions. There's usually a match there, right? Which would be fucking great. Um, you know, they could lose the titles before that and reach out or, or defend. I don't got a problem with that. Um, I like Aussie Open a lot, though. I will say that. So I hopefully hopefully that would be on an, in, a, in a new Japan ring. I'd have no fucking problem with that. We had, I've just put my finger on the door hinge and now there's all black sludge on my finger. Oh, <laughs> very upset about that. Uh, we had Kushida and Alex Shelley, former tag partners, going to a 20 minute time limit drill. I thought this was great. Really good, like, you know, great sort of grappling and submission counters and scrambles and transitions. And, you know, the two guys who are friends and former partners, and it's got very aggressive very passionate you know they're both desperate to win at the end so this is really good i would love to see more alex shelley work in new japan and then our main event a no dq match john moxley defeating el desperado 17 minutes 20 seconds what a weird match john moxley against el desperado in the main event at nashville having a death match i, I mean i think this is sort of quite derivative of the uh takataichi mania match a lot of similar spots in there uh but i mean tremendous fun and just a level of violence and Stuff that I was not expecting to see. You know, I can't imagine Tony Khan watching this scene. El Desperado jamming kebab skewers into <laughs> into his uh, into his champion's forest. He's blood pissing everywhere, thinking, "What the fuck? What's going on here? I did sign off on this." <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, and here's the thing too, though. Like, 
this match kind of fell under my radar until like the last second. Like I didn't know that this was was on the table in Nashville. Um, I don't know why. I mean, but I I just felt like it was a surprise to me when I was like, oh my god, this match is happening. Um, I didn't even look at the cards. I, I watched, was watching on the airplane, and then as each match came, I was like, "Oh, cool!" So really? that's actually a fun way to experience wrestling by not knowing what the card is and just being surprised at each match that comes up. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Um, Despy is a is is fucking great in the sense that this dude will have absolute epic, you know, traditional whatever that means junior matches. And then go on these fucking nonsense shows, and you know he's correct me if I'm wrong. There was a uh, spot where he's getting thrown on top of like what, cut in half tin cans and shit, like just fucking nutty shit. And, he, and the guy, you know, we already know of his past history with all these, you know, just you know minor league deathmatch shows <laughs> in Japan. Unbelievable. Like, he's just one of those fucking guys that, man, love him. Love him. Love him to death. And you know what? Love him or hate him. Moxley's had a really good year. Moxley, Moxley's had one of those Terry Funk fucking I'm going to wrestle everybody kind of years. That, that's, and that's super fun that he's, that he's able to do that and that the company will let him do that. So um, I did re- want to rewind one second, though, with Kushida and that match with the uh, It was fantastic. But I kind of wish that New Japan held off on him debuting because I just feel like, like, does anybody remember that he's even in New Japan? <laughs> Kushida feels like, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I don't know. It feels like we just needed a bigger splash or something. And maybe, you know, again, maybe it's just my impatience, but boy, it just feels like, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's with us again. It doesn't feel good. But yes, uh, that was a good match as well. All right. I think that does it. Redcircle.com forward slash shows flash, forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, we're always appreciative of that. Discord link. You can join all the fun. Send me a DM on Twitter. It's so much fun, David. I'm really enjoying the Discord right now. Really? Uh, logging in, particularly for the live watch along to these G1 shows. Um, it's always good fun. And, should I should so I join? Like join no, <laughs> you're not allowed to join. Oh, <laughs> all right, good. That's probably well. You know, you in social want, media. I don't want to. Do it's it. not I good. Want, I don't you don't want it. You don't want any part of it. I don't want it. Um, at Cobra Kawaii and Pro Wrestling Tees dot com forward slash Super Jcast for one of our t shirts. Big thanks to editor Dan who had a wonderful time seeing in London. We went for a delicious steak together oh. and a, a cider afterwards. We had a game of what did we play? We played one of these arcade games. I think it was Windjammers, uh, which is one of my favorites. I won, obviously, but yeah, wonderful to see Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LazzyHero219. Check out some of the YouTubes from Escape the Box as well. Uh, Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes and some kind words. We always appreciate that. Helps move up the charts. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.